Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Ah, pins and needles. I love the Weekly Watch. Hope everyone enjoyed round one off the top. Thank you, everyone, for your messages and your support as I launch back into it, calling the Sharks and Dragons game on Triple M. I'm back this Sunday for the final game of the round, the Sharks and the Raiders. Good choice. Turn the TV down, crank up the M's and enjoy some passion, some laughs and the greatest game of all. Anyway, enough of the sentimental shit. This is the Weekly Wodge. Let's rip in, legends. Born in Brisbane, played west of Brisbane, then moved to the Gold Coast. AJ Brimson, is playing Brisbane a special one for you? Oh, it's it's more than special. It's it's definitely uh, a game that gets circled on our calendar as a club. And um, even uh, Justin, he's very passionate about that, that little matchup we have. Were you a Broncos fan as a kid? Yes, I was a diehard Broncos fan. I, uh, like you said, I grew up in Brizzy. Um, there was no Titans around when I was young, and um, I idolised Dan Lockyer, Hodges, all those players. So I was at Suncorp every weekend when I could be, and um, I still, I still, you know, obviously, I respect the Broncos as a club. Mm. I would never badmouth them, but um, when it comes to my club as the Titans, um, when we versus the Broncos, there's there's not a bigger rivalry for us. It is building into a really good rivalry, isn't it? I think, uh, especially last year, last year was the first time that the Titans have beaten the Broncos twice in one year. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone keeps calling us the little brother and that, and we kind of want to turn that around. And I think last year we did um, with the way we played and um, where we finished and everything. So they'll be very hungry uh, come round two, but um, we're going to be just as hungry. Battle of Southeast Queensland, Bronx and Titans can't wait. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Social media go to Clarkie's Rugby League column on Facebook and on Instagram with over about 150,000 other league tragics. Get on board. Get on board now for news, opinions, features, stats and debate. It's brilliant. And all sponsorship proceeds go to charity. Great fella, great social media presence. Now, speaking of great, a cracking story on last week's Wodge where the focus was on Paul Gallon's balls. Because I'm immature and think ball stories are funny, we've got more for you. And we'll start with former Rooster and Maroon Chris Flannery. In Clubland, the Roosters were the benchmark in the early part of the century. In 03, 04, you'd make the grand final but lose. 
In 04, though, one of the more amazing stories of the game, a, a story of courage, of commitment, no doubt, or single-mindedness, but also one of a nutcase, quite frankly. I'll let you take up the story of the GF, what happened and what you went through to play. <laughs> yeah, look, it was uh, yeah, quite a uh, bizarre build-up to a grand final, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we played the North Queensland Cowboys in the prelim final, obviously, the week before, and the sun, it was the Sunday game. And first run of the game, I got a bit of a knee in the crown jewels and um, you know, I was quite sore and played on through that game and... Obviously, got to the 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 end of the game. We we won by a field goal. Brett Finch kicked a field goal to, yeah. to get us into the grand final, uh, the two thousand four grand final uh, against the Bulldogs. So, I came in after the game and had you know was, was still quite sore in yeah. the uh, in the crown jewels and uh, spoke to the doctor and the physio and they virtually just said, look, just see, let's see how it settles overnight and and see how it is in the morning. So, I've woken up the next day, uh, probably about four or five in the morning, in a, a fair bit of pain and. Um, yeah, looked down and I had these two big avocados between oh. my legs. So it was, um, yeah, I was in a, I knew I was in a bit of trouble. Uh, it was both of them. No, it was just one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a ruptured testicle. We, we later found out, but um, yeah. So I went in and, and saw the doc uh, Monday morning, and virtually got taken to hospital straight away. Uh, oper- operation, I think, on the, the Monday afternoon, and I was in hospital for. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, so yeah, they they repaired it luckily, but um, yeah, obviously still in a fair bit of pain and uh, and whatever else. So went to Roosters training, got out of hospital on the Wednesday, and went to Roosters training on the Thursday morning. And wow. Gus Gould was there, and he said, "Oh, how, how you feeling?" I said, "Well, I'm not too bad at the moment. I'm, I'm pretty dosed up on painkillers. Yeah. I'm feeling all right." And and Luke Rickerson actually been suspended the day before for a, a high shot on. Uh, on Nathan Feen so we were down a back row so Gus sort of um, started painting the picture of you know if, if, you, if you can play this game and you know we win it's going to be a, a magical fairy tale to yeah. tell everyone and all this but uh, yeah I, I ended up on the Thursday ended up having a run with the boys and and, and it went okay and um, yeah came, sort of came back the next day Friday and jumped in for a bit of Training and uh, yeah, look, I got through the sessions okay. I definitely wasn't feeling hundred percent. No, but, um, it was probably if, if I didn't play, it was going to have to. We we're going to have to bring probably a player up who hadn't played a lot of yep. footy for us that year. And um, yeah, so ended up sort of committing to play on the Saturday. And yeah, captain's run and um, yeah, as we know, we, we know what happened. You played with extra protection. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, I had a softballer's box on so. Um, which was was quite interesting, sort of running around with this uh, softballer's box on. But uh, yeah, I remember in one of the tackles, um, the ogre Marco Merli, uh, he uh, he sort of went for a bit of a grab. He said, "This is a G up, isn't it?" But uh, yeah, I said, "Mate, I would have would have thought of something better than uh, this to come up with. If it was a G up." But uh, yeah, so no, it was a. Yeah, it was just a bizarre build-up, and you know, to play a grand final after coming out of hospital on a Wednesday certainly wasn't ideal, and. It would have been a great fairy tale if we'd managed to win yeah. it, but you know, as, as we knew, we sort of, um, you know, we were up thirteen six at half time, and uh, yeah, managed to managed to get overrun at the end. But uh, I think it was sixteen thirteen in the end. But yeah, it was it was a tough game, and you know, the Bulldogs were were definitely uh, playing some good footy. Are the boys 
Almost said balls. Are the, are the boys or the balls all right now? Have you had any further complications? No, no, everything's been good, mate. Yeah, yeah. obviously we've got two uh, beautiful girls now, so uh, everything's working okay. But uh, we love yeah, that. It, was, it was definitely uh, yeah, touch and go there for a while. Okay, who wants another ball story? Okay. Round 1, 2019, St George Illawarra versus North Queensland in Townsville. Our guest copped one in the nuts, and that's the nice way of putting it. Tyson Frizzell has lobbed. Mate, what the hell happened? Yeah, it wasn't a great start to the year, um, 2019. Uh, yeah, it was just chasing chasing through and um, mm. was trying to, trying to catch a ball and make a tackle, but at the same time, um, I think it was Jordan Carr who caught the ball and, and ducked down straight away and I collected his knee coming on the way through and um, yeah, you can say it, it dropped me it dropped me pretty quickly and uh, it took a took a while to recover at the time I you know didn't really know how far um, or how how good it got me and yeah. it wasn't until the next the next stop in play um, after they'd scored a try. I realised the pain wasn't going away. You get that sick feeling in your belly. Any bloke would yeah. know you get that that, that little belly ache, and uh, you can probably times that by ten, and just wasn't going away. Mm. So that night, or oh, that during the game, went in the sheds, and you know went straight to the hospital to get it checked out. And I've said it; it sort of grew to a small orange, and went wow. straight into surgery. Went straight into surgery that night, and and got it all sorted out, mate. Um. Are you okay now? Yeah, mate. I've I've had um, I've had a kid since then, so yeah, good. Um, I'm all sorted now. Everything looks um, in tips off shape, so <laughs> there's no dramas, no dramas here. Which is, oh, I'm pretty lucky. Um, you know, I, I just wear I wear protection now, um, yep. just for my own sake. I've said, you know, in the past, you know, players wear mouth guards because they've been knocked in the teeth. Well, you know, I've been knocked in the ball, so I wear a, I wear a cup now. Um, and yeah, I'm very lucky. I know some boys that, um, have been, have been knocked down there or had their, um, testicles ruptured and, you know, complications do happen. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm very lucky, um, to be able to, you know, say I've got a kid now and everything's all right. It's not a knee, it's not a wrist or a shoulder. I mean, it's, it's a, a very different injury, and, and I guess at the time there's a whole lot of things going through your head pertaining just to day-to-day life. You're lying there looking down and there's this bruising the size of an orange, and, I mean, the first thing that you know would go through most blokes' mind would be what the hell happens here and what does the future hold? Yeah, it is. Um, it's a very common thing to, to, to get knocked down there, but it's not very common to, to rupture it. Um, yep. so at that point in time, I, no one really knew not many of the staff yep. had been through, um, an injury like that. And even when I came through recovery, it was sort of like, look, mate, I know this is a, a lot of a mental side kind of thing, getting yourself yep. right. Um, then the physical thing. So, yeah. You know, all, all these kind of thoughts like, oh, am I going to be fine? Am I going to be yeah. able to, you know, have kids and all these other? Because, yeah, it's a lot of unknown, like I said. And um, once I sat down and I uh, got it checked out again after surgery and spoke with the specialists, um, I think I just needed to hear that to be able to clear my mind. Yeah. And, and like I said, now I've got protection that, you know, I, I wear now. 
uh, even to this day. So uh, once I I got used to that, that was probably the weirdest thing that you had to get comfortable with. But I bet. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's all sorted now. Once I got my head right, um, the physical side was fine. As a first for Andy Raymond Unfiltered, two mates sitting down, talking <laughs> balls. Tyson Frizzell, delighted that you've uh, made a full recovery and really appreciate an insight on a pretty personal topic. Thanks for the chat, legend. We will do it again soon. Anytime, mate. Hey, legends, the footy is back. Here's my first tip of the season. Make it personal. Your name, your number on your jersey. Official licensed NRL jerseys, retros, polos and training shirts all in the one place. For the hard-running man, the cover-defending woman and the chirpy little ones that remind you of an out-of-control halfback. For an exclusively unfiltered deal, go to yourjersey.com.au forward slash Andy and put Andy in as your coupon code to get a free gift at checkout. Gear up, legends. It is time to gear up, and how do we do it? Yourjersey.com.au. The boss man, Ash, has dropped into the studio. Mate, got to ask, retros or new jersey? What's more popular? Right now, the uh, the new kits are out, and everyone's going for those, but uh, I personally like those uh, classic old cotton retros. Yes, the James Hardy 1986 eels. I know where you're coming from. What's in the catalogue? Who are we catering to? Uh, we've got jerseys, home and away, even a few alternates. We've got uh, polos, we've got training shirts, pretty much anything you get your name and number on for the uh, mum, dad and the kids. What's the best personalised jersey you've done, mate? I have one customer that comes back every year, gets a new Queensland jersey with New South Wales sucks on the back. (laughs) I love it. So the options are limited only by your imagination. Once again, yourjersey.com.au forward slash Andy and you get that free gift at checkout. Luke Bateman played 71 games for the Canberra Raiders and was mentored by some wonderful guys in his time there. Luke's going to be playing Q Cup for Winner Manly in 2021. And now he's going to be the senior guy in the dressing room and playing the role of mentor. Let's rewind back to your debut, mate. Um, Who were the guys at the club that helped you the most? Yeah, mate, when I first... When I was first coming through in the younger in the younger grades, there was you know you had Sean Fensum, Tommy Leroy Lars, David Shillington, Dane Tills. Now these are blokes who played a lot of footy, played Origin, yeah. were very very revered in the club. And you know when I was coming through, they were sort of you know they were already sort of you know legends of the game. Like, you know, Shawnee Fenton already won two Melbourne medals at that point, so very much very respected people around the club. So they were sort of. Um, you know the the forwards, I suppose, who um, who were sort of the leaders when I was there, and they, you know, and even like a bloke like like it, well, Croaks was sort of just sort of on the cusp of it when I was there when yep. I first got there. Yep. But you had Terry, Terry Campisi, um, you know, was captain of the club when when I got there, and 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 he's and he's an absolute legend, Campo, and, and he was sort of a he was a very good uh, he was actually a very very good mentor and leader wow. he's yeah I would, I would say Campo is probably one of the best sort of leaders that I've ever seen actually because he's a very very calm bloke yeah, but he is very very knowledgeable and he, and he and he and he gets and he sort of can relate everything like you know a lot of his sort of experiences and lessons he's learned he can relate them onto you very well nice yeah so, so he was good Campo 
How much can you learn, mate, in a professional system by just watching and observing the older guys, almost copying them? Oh, mate, plenty, you know. Like, and they, it's not, I'd hate to call them tricks, if you know what I mean, but they, you know, they've been there long enough. Yeah. They know the sort of ins and outs of it and, and they know the little things that that you know are probably quite easy to do, but but very helpful. Yes. And it's sort of you know, and just watching them do those things, you know, you, you sort of pick up on them. And and I, and I think, um, yeah, I, like yeah, it's it's probably invaluable, really. Mm. I mean, you know, and it, but but not even so much watching them, but it's just training with them. And like you know, you you do something wrong, and they'll come up to you, and they've done the same thing wrong a hundred times, you know, and they'll just come up and they'll go, look. You know, you do it however you want, but I find this helps me. Yep. And, you know, it's just things like that, just that they really sort of, they're probably the big things, not so much big speeches or yeah. or things like that, you know. It's just those little things where they go, mate, look, do it however you want, but I find this helps me, you know. Yeah, just a nice little tip off that. That's brilliant. Yeah. You're now going to be looked up to as the leader. What's important to you? What message are you going to try and get across to your younger guys? Mate, oh, yeah, oh, it's it's something I've probably has snuck up on me a bit, you know, because I've gone from not so much of a leader at Raiders in, you know, probably like 2019 and then um, just straight into like I played BRL this year and I was, yeah. you know, obviously my most experienced bloke in the BRL team. So it sort of changed for me very quickly and, and become, you know, going from a sort of a younger bloke who, who doesn't, you know, didn't ever say too much. To, yeah. to someone who a lot of blokes looked up to and were looking for sort of, you know, inspiration from. And one of the things I found was that really sort of oh, it was a real sort of perspective thing for me was the young blokes were very, um, very erratic and they would sort of get, you know, like they'd just get like real uh, just, um, yeah, I don't know what the word, just worked up really quickly, like something yeah. would go wrong or like a train, like something would go wrong in the game, you know, like something would happen and, like I just walk and I just go like always like just relax like yeah, you know chill. what's what's changed yeah just 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 chill out like just pull back and and that's something that actually like Jared Croak is really good at too that's something okay. I probably picked up on him he's a very calm man and you know I remember in I remember in our we're in the prelim this year for BRL we've that we're playing um, Karina and that and they scored two tries on us in like first sort of five ten minutes they went bang bang twelve nil. And I've come in behind the trial and the and the young felt like everyone's just in a panic. Yeah. And I was with like, and I was sort of like, just relax, boys. Like, you know, we, I said, we haven't touched the ball. Yep. We literally hadn't touched the ball. I said, we had, we've touched the ball once and we dropped yep. it. I said, just, you know, there's 70 minutes left of the game. I said, just like calm down, go back to our structures and what we know and just work our way back into it. So that's sort of something that I probably didn't really like go in there thinking, well, this is what I need to contribute to the group. Yep. But it's something that I sort of, when I saw the what the situation was, I thought, oh, this is sort of I can help out in this way, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So um, probably just that, just that sort of experience, that level headedness, and just calm, just to you know, just to sort of help those young fellas out. And had a young, like had a young fella, uh, Maxi Plath, our young halfback, did his ACL in that game, oh. um, in the game before the GF. Yeah, and he was probably one of their best players all year. And, so he was devastated and um, I sort of had a chat with him and he was saying like, oh, you know, I really want to try and get back next year and play footy in this, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, you know, if I 
do this. I can probably get back for the last four to six games next year. And I just said, mate, I said, you're 19. Yeah. I said, he's, you know, I said, when you're 30 years old, are you going to look back at, you know, 2021 and say, geez, I'm glad I played those six games of footy, you know what I yeah. mean? Go and, and live your and life I said, and enjoy yeah. your life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I said like foot. I said like footy. I said you, you know. I said people say footy goes pretty quick. I said, but it also, mate, you've got a long time left in the game. Yep. I said you don't need to be stupid like that. And it's just probably things like that. It's probably more things that I can sort of have a bit of. Um, I can sort of reflect on mm. in my career that I can sort of try and help the young blokes with. You know, just yeah, just little things like that, like. Just young, they're just just keen, you know. Young fellas are just keen. They want to do it. They just want to be there, you know. And I just it's just saying, relax, boys. You know, everything will come. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's what it's like being a young fella. I, I vaguely, vaguely remember it. You're just a ball of energy. You're ready to go yeah. a million miles the whole time, mate. It's great to see that you've uh, learned the tricks and learned to appreciate over the over your journey, and, and now you're. In, able to impart, you know, some of that knowledge to the best of your ability onto the next generation. One of the things I love about Rugby League. Good luck with the Seagulls this season, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. What a cranking legend series interview this week with Brett Kenny over three massive episodes. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. One of Bert's old teammates has been doing it a little tough in recent times. There's a fundraising golf day for the great Mr. Perpetual Motion, Ray Price, coming up. It's at Pennant Hills Golf Club on the 16th of April, and the game of golf and function afterwards is just 200 bucks a head. You can sponsor a hole as well. You can play some of the superstars from that awesome eel side of the 80s and enjoy a hell of a day. Search online for details. Ray Price fundraiser coming up on April 16th. Ah, they're funny. They're still funny. Coming up on the Legend Series, perhaps the most emotional and inspirational interview we've done yet with former three club player Joey Williams. An obvious question, Joe, here is in terms of rugby league, you're drinking and you're taking drugs. How do you avoid detection or how did you? I'm not going to throw anyone else under the bus here, but there was was ways around it, you know. Um, Swapping tests. Well, not not as much as swapping tests, but, you know, in the – again, I've got to be very choosy of of what I say and how I say it, but – you know, there's 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 relationships that you have and you build with 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 people in and around the club. And uh, when it comes to drug testing days, um, there will be players that uh, put their hand up to say that they'll do it, so other players don't have to. That's the nicest way of putting yeah, it. That's, that's the nicest it, way of putting it. Yeah. You know. Um, but again, like. And again, this is you know this is my story, not anyone else's story. Yep. Um, I'm not going to throw anyone else under the bus here because that's not what I'm about. But um, there's ways around it, and and I did see and was involved in ways around it. A simply amazing interview with Joe Williams. That's next week on the Legend series. If you're new to the podcast or haven't binged your way through our library yet, it's important to note that you can listen to any episode at any time. And it'll make sense. Don't think because you missed it at release time that it'll be out of date. Not the case. 
All episodes, that's the Legend series, the Weekly Wodge and the Blast are ready to go when you're ready. One aspect of the Melbourne Storm that probably doesn't get the attentional raps I reckon it deserves is the fact they are, and by far, the biggest side in the comp. Jesse Bromwich, Christian Walsh, Nelson Asofa, Solomona, Tui Kamakamitha, even Dale Finucane at times. Monsters. Joining us is Parramatta's Regan Campbell-Gillard. Mate, there is some serious kilos right there in that storm side. Mate, yeah, they're, they're a team that's been um, at their best for probably the past 10 years. Um, so yeah, every player that goes there, um, you can be an average player and they turn in turn into absolute, um, you know, pretty much origin players Yep. Um, now. So origin and test players as well. So um, I don't know what they're, what they're drinking okay. or eating down there, but um, yeah, I, de- I definitely want some of that. Um, but yeah, you know, those, those uh, players that you say they're, um, they've all played uh, representative football. Um, you know, Bromwich as well with, obviously with the Kiwis as well. Yep. Um and and Nelson as well. Nelson um, is probably one of the biggest humans I've ever seen on a on a field and and in life as well. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that he just uh, makes a sea line straight for Reed and Paul Reedy gets um, gets his head bashed in every every time. And um, again, yeah, they're just they're just big big humans and big players that um, love playing football, um, love playing against them because uh, they definitely bring. Uh, a lot of energy and uh, a lot of um, you know competition um, when it comes against um, ourselves and, and and Melbourne. What's the key to stopping or beating a forward pack that's that's bigger than you? Is it simply bashing them? Is that the goal? No, nah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, again, coaching we pretty much leave all that up to the coaching staff yeah. because you know everyone everyone has a different game plan of how they want to attack. So um, yeah. If they're coming through the middle, then you can't really, um, you know, have soft, soft inside shoulders and kind yep. of let them poke their heads through. So you pretty much have to stand up to whatever they're throwing um, at you. So um, again, whenever you play in Melbourne, uh, whenever the draw comes out, you pretty much go like, "Fuck, yeah, where's Melbourne?" And then, um, yeah, you pretty much point it out straight away. Yeah. Um, and then you just yeah you're waiting for the days to to tick off because you know it's not going to be a fucking easy game. Um, it's possibly one of the toughest games um, you could possibly play against in the NRL um, at that level because they they give you nothing. Um, you definitely have to take every chance um, they give you because um, you might only have maybe two or three shots um, during a game of eighty minutes. Um, and 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 like I said, you know, they're a team that just don't go away. They just keep like knocking, knocking, knocking yeah. at the day at, at the door. And um, you know, they're a team again. They're a team that make you break first, then then breaking first. Um, so yeah, I think any points um, you can possibly get uh, the two point uh, yeah. drop goal. I think we'll be um, yeah. we're doing that every every chance we could um, possibly get down there, but. Um, yeah, mate, they're 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 a well orchestrated team. Um, have been for the last uh, ten or ten or plus years, and pretty much just shows um, you know the the club and the players that they produce yeah. out of there. Um, you know, and they've gone on to win uh, numerous uh, grand finals, and 
and most of their one to seventeen team are, are playing representative football. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Good luck on the weekend. Tough. This is the weekly watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, and it's feature interview time. Playing between 1992 and 2005, our guest was consistently one of the game's leading front rowers who recorded 231 club games for the St George Dragons and then the Cronulla Sharks. He wore the blue of his state eight times and 22 times. He wore the green and gold of Australia. And a nicer, more genuine bloke, as well as good-looking, you will never, ever meet, Jason Stevens. Welcome, old mate. What an introduction. That is that is gold, I've got to say. Especially, forget the games and all that, but the good-looking part was like, whoa, you, you, you're taking me back to 2005 where I was runner-up, Cleo Batcher of the Year, and I just want to let you know who, who was in that category. Yeah, please do. None other than Chris Hemsworth. So I'm just saying I beat Chris Hemsworth at something and it was in the uh, in the good looks department. Obviously, he's gone on in leaps and bounds since then and, and I've sort of gone. But, you know, but back then, mate, I was – I was something. You're just waiting for your opportunity. You've let Chris Hemsworth test the waters and you're about to come in big in 2021. Come on. How's life treating you, Jace? It's really good. I've got a, um, a, a beautiful 22-month-old, which is my first uh, uh, born baby, Presley Stevens. Um, we named him after the King Elvis. Yeah. And uh, I was actually born on uh, Elvis's birthday, the 8th of January. Okay. So I've been a huge Elvis fan, and uh, I uh, and it's so fitting because he sings. He just sings. He keep like they just rang us from daycare, and he's singing in the background. And the teacher says we start singing with him now, and he's he's um he's very musical. He loves loves singing, and uh, oh mate, it's it's been it's been the hardest thing, Andy, because you know I'm 48 years old, and my, my beautiful wife Beck, uh, 42, and. Yeah, you know, he didn't sleep for the first seven, eight months. So it was it was really hard. But um we're we're really we're really just blessed beyond. He's a gift to us. Looking back on your career, many, many fond memories, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is. I actually uh interviewed um yesterday Nick Far Jones and you know, he made his debut um at Twickenham over in England. And I played there with England uh, I played there against the the English side and I was thinking a bit, bit about it after, and I was thinking when I look at the side we had, it was Talis, Lockyer, Sailor, um, uh, Johns, uh, Kamali, Fitler, uh, Girdler, Webke. Wow. Looking at the side that we had, um, it was just an incredible, incredible time in, in, in my life, but also – I think for rugby league too, it was a very, very strong Australian team, and um, yeah, and to play Twickenham, which is really a bit of a holy ground for rugby union, mm. um, it, it took me all around the world. Rugby league, I played, I think I toured four times with the Aussie team to to the UK, and you know, it was just to play to play Wembley, to, to play uh, Ellen Road, yeah, Old Trafford, Old Trafford twice with with uh, I still remember. Sitting next to Wendell Saylor in the change room, and he, he had these speedos, and he he loved his body. Oh yeah, they loved his body. He still does, and he's still looking good. And he was just like tensing up, and I was just like, I was I was loving every minute of it. Not 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 looking at his body, not that part, but being <laughs> being in the dressing room with the boys. 
Let's wind back the clock. You debuted in 1992. You played just two games that year. You played 20 the following year. What's the toughest part about being a young front rower? Is it is it being tested by the old hardheads who don't want to relinquish their spot in the game? Well, you know, it's a it's a funny thing. I when I was young, I was kind of a bit naive and had this boldness, and I was a bit gun ho, and I was chomping at the bits to get against some of my heroes like Ian Roberts, who I used to see in Origin, and just go, "This guy's a." He, you know, I'd never seen anything more vicious than him yeah. and Paul and Paul Sirenen come out of the line in Origin at at incredible speeds, and uh, you know, like the size of those men. And, but I was like, I'm up for this, and I was just wanted to rip. And I remember, one, I remember in one of my early games, I put Paul Harrigan on his back, and Brian Smith said to me after he said, you know, like, there's not many people put him on his back, and I was going, I'm going to put him on his back every time I play. Like I was just had this a bit of arrogance, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I loved it. I was I felt like I was ready, but I, I really, in a sense, I, you know, I, I wasn't. Brian Smith gave me an opportunity before I sort of uh, was was ready, and he believed that I could step up. But I guess within the club, we had a very good club. Um, to answer your question about um, the the other guys, um, I, I bumped into Paul Osborne um, on the beach about last week. And he introduced me to his wife and uh, he said, oh, this is, this is Jason. He took my spot at the Dragons. And then I go, I did take your spot, but you went on to win a grand final with, grand, <laughs> with Canberra. He goes, you beat me too. And I was just about to go into a, a spin about it. And he was too. And then he's home with the whole grand final story again. So, they're, they're, but, that, but pretty much they're all good. Jeff Hyde, great guys like Jeff Hardy and... Um, Dave Barnhill, Scott Goulet, and all these guys around me that were, I don't know, they didn't feel threatened by them. They, they were happy to have a, a, a young guy come through, actually. Really good and really tough football side. Uh, wonderful memories and fond memories, but 1993 grand final, a memory you'd probably rather forget. Um, I'll let you take up the story of what happened. It was the opening minute of the grand final against the Broncos. Yeah, it was the second tackle of the of the match, and literally a few minutes before it, we're in the dressing room, and Tina Turner came in to meet the team. And I, I remember I was just so focused. Um, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even want to like the, all the boys. I remember Wayne Collins was like Tina Turner. We're, I was just like, <laughs> so literally, we're, we're there, then we're singing the anthem, then the second tackle of the match, uh, Dave Barnhill and I pick up. Then Lazarus, we drove him back. We really smashed him. And then, I don't know, something, I, I went back in the line and something didn't feel right. And But I just kept, went, pushed up, pushed up the next one, pushed up the next one. And then I started limping for some reason. And there was nothing wrong with my leg. But then I looked at my hand and I just, I fell to the ground. And, and um, Mark Coyne said, get up, you, I won't say it, but that's what he said. And and. I just looked around. I had this moment where I just looked around and go, it's over. It's over. And um, then they, they showed my um, – they stopped the game. They showed my my thumb to – I think it was Greg McCallum was the referee. And I remember his face when he went, he went like that and he turned away and he, he said, you, could, you know, you better go. And so I was in the in, in the, um, the dressing room with my club doctor, Martin Raftery, and he said, Steve, we're going to have to get this – we're going to have to get surgery on this because um, – you know, you could lose your thumb because it was it was so badly off. It was only just hanging on 
by a thread. It was a compound dislocation. So it had come through the skin? Come through the skin, yeah, right through. Yeah, and um, it, it like you can't see it, but the it basically was the whole. It was just holding on, and wow. he said it'll get infected, and we've got to you've got to have some some um, microsurgery. I think it was, um, and so yeah, that that was it. My brother came in the dressing room, Paul, and and the ambulance came, and they put me on happy gas, and I tried to get the ambo. She was very cute. Tried to get her phone number, and it was like the funny thing was. Andy, the funny thing was is that I I woke up after the surgery and I saw Brad Mackay getting the Clive Churchill and I actually thought for an instant we had won. Wow. And Brad played a very big role in my life. He, he he said that he prayed to God that week and said, if I if I get the Clive Churchill, I'll, I'm going to mention you. And he did. And he didn't tell me that till after because I started to go with a Bible study with Brad Mackay after, not long after that. Um, and But initially I'm in the hospital there and I'm like, oh, wow, like I, we, we might have won. But my brother said, no, no, you lost and you didn't get the nurse's number. So <laughs> double whammy. Jace, <laughs> you started with uh, the Dragons. You finished with the Sharks. It's quite difficult in this day and age to – Relay accurately just how crazy the mid-90s were because of Super League. How tough was the move to the sworn enemy? You know, we'd, I, in all honesty, Andy, Andy I've never, um, probably never talked, spoken about this, but when I was younger, like I had a Greek background, Greek and Italian, and, and when we went to the beach with my brother and my cousin, uh, Ron, uh, we got picked on by all these surfies and – it left a really big impact on me because they they surrounded us and um you know they, they they said what they used to call wogs back in the day and and um I remember when my manager Harry it was like a father figure to me Harry Eden and he played with Saints and South in the Bob McCarthy era yep and he said Cronulla Cronulla are very interested I just remember thinking I'm not going to fit in there because I'm I just remember that I remember thinking I'm not going to yeah. but then I, I met with Johnny Lang. And I just, from the onset, I was just like, I want to, I really want to be coached by this guy. He was, he was, he's just a real salt of the earth type guy, no nonsense. And um, it sort of happened from there. And, 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 and it was a tough time because we, we signed Super League and then Gordon Tallis, myself and Brownie sat out for the beginning of the season yep. when it didn't happen. And we went back to St. George, but Gordon sat out, of course, the whole year. Are you a dragon or are you a shark? If the two teams are playing, who do you cheer for? Um, I, I'd probably disappoint Sharks fans, but I, I actually love watching the Dragons. Um, now that all the, all the players that I've, that I've um, I played with have left the yeah. Sharks, um, I don't know. I just the, the Dragons was your first love and um, – I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but that that feeling of running out the Jubilee Oval mm. uh, was was an incredible. We had a great great team. We had a a really tight team, and I had amazing experiences at the Sharks. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. They're really and you know I think since then as well they've they've always um, welcomed me back with open arms, and they've always said, Jace, anytime you want to come and your family and. Come back, come back. Like Brian Johnson, when he was there, he said, come back home, mate, come back home. And, and when, when I came with my family and they put us up in the corporate and he said, any time. And, 
I just felt like far out. They're, they're really generous. They're really, they're really generous club. In retirement, you've been a real success story, and and a lot of us are very proud of you. You've hosted your own lifestyle and variety show, filmmaking, actor, author. It's a very different career path. Rewarding. Are you enjoying it on a personal level? Yeah, I, I um. I, I did have a little cam- cameo in Chasing Comets. I wouldn't call myself an actor, but I had a little. I put myself in there, so I didn't have to. Pay, so I didn't have to pay an extra. But, just, uh, but um, yeah, the, the filmmaking um, was something that I didn't really. It hit me after football to to move into, and I and it was really uh, fifteen years later that I got my first film out. So I didn't re- actually didn't realise how how hard it is to start at the bottom of a career. And particularly in, a, in an industry which is uh, it's a traditionally hard industry to, to gain ground in. And fo- football was great preparation because uh, it teaches you never to give up and to, to persevere and, and, you know, not to take no for an answer. So I, I was very pleased to get my first film out. I'm hoping to, to – it's on stand at the moment um, and as well as Channel 10. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping for the next one – I'm hoping to film the next one soon as well. So um, – yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a very rewarding thing to see your your project up on the on the on the screen. But far out, mate! It's it is it is you are under the pump when you're doing it. You're under the pump like a you know like I've never never can never experienced. It was way harder than rugby league. Always a pleasure, Jace. Great to have you on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. We'll chat again soon. Thank you, mate. A new club, a wonderful new mentor too, but then disaster. Jaden Braley did an ACL in his knee in his second game for the Newcastle Knights. Let's turn a negative into a positive legend. Even though you weren't playing, you've got Danny Badiris at the club in an official role. What a guy to learn from. Yeah, it's unreal to have, be able to have Bedsy around the club. Um, me being a young hooker, um, you know, for, his, or for a very long time, all I can remember is Bedsy in a Blues yeah. jersey. And he was a player that I looked up to, being a young hooker. And, um, you know, to be able to have him around the club is really special. And um, also to be able to wear that number nine jersey. I know uh, a lot of the players before me have had a bit of bad luck, but it uh, comes with responsibility. And, um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's an honour to wear the number nine jersey for the Knights up after Bedsy. And he's also a guy that I've found that can communicate and teach very well because a lot of the great players – they just do what they do and they can't always translate it to the younger blokes. But Bedsy is actually a communicator and a, a coach. Yeah, for sure. Like he always um, has a really good has really good ideas with obviously dummy halves and um, I probably didn't see a whole lot of it this year from being out injured. Yep. But and he came into the role when I was out injured. So but we used to always have a have a lot to do with each other on game day and stuff and just talk about footy and um, you know, he's just another another guy that, you know, I can pick his brain and, and, you know, make myself better. Andrew McCulloch spent last season with the club before injury. What did you learn from the old bloke? Oh, Macca, big chainsaw. Yes. He's, um, yeah, it was, he probably wouldn't pick it, but he, he actually, um, he'd actually be probably one of my best mates. Yeah. Um, we really uh, made a really good uh, friendship yep. um, this year and um, we are both uh, in, in rehab for a lot of the yep. time, but. Um, together, but I think we both helped each other out. Um, no, but he, he's obviously done a whole lot in the game. Um, and I've, I actually debuted against Macca. Is that right? Um, 
Yeah, debuted against him. I remember him coming up to me. I've said this to him at the end of my debut and said, um, great, great debut, mate. You've got, got a big future ahead of you. Blah, blah, blah. And I used to always uh, bring it up to him uh, whenever I used to hang out oh. with him. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been a great player. He's a lot of, One thing I could take out of him, out of his game, is probably his kicking game. Yep. He's, he's got a really good kicking game. And I said that to him from the start. So, um, from when he first came up to Newcastle and, uh, that's probably one thing um, I've, I've learnt um, myself. So you spend the year sidelined. Are your footy tragic? Do you watch and learn and study? Or do you think you're probably more the instinctive play what you see without overthinking it type? Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay. I think um, when I'm playing, I, I like to sort of switch off and I watch a few games here and yep. there. Um, but this year I probably watched the most football I ever have before. Yeah. Um, and partly that was probably because I, I did a little bit of like video stuff for the Knights this year. Like um, I used to do a little preview stuff for the game we'd have that week and I'd have a laptop at home and I'd watch footy and, you know, think to myself, what would I do yeah. here if, if I saw this situation? So I, I tried to try to keep my footy brain ticking over this year um, and that helped a lot. Um, but, yeah, when I'm playing, I like to sort of switch off as well and, be able to get away from it. So I don't know, but a little bit of both. What'd you make of the new rules and the hooker's role in the new rules? Yeah, I was beyond I missed out on it, to be honest. I yeah, the, the week after all obviously I was out, they brought it in. Um but yeah, it's uh a, a lot faster tempo, that's for sure. Um it's gonna be a lot tougher defensively. Yeah. I think there's a lot more points scored this year because defenses are just under so much more fatigue. Um and I like the sound of that, to be honest. You know, I think I need to, obviously, this year moving forward, I've got to have a, a bigger role in my running game. Yep. And I think this new new rule is just perfect to let, allow me to do that. And it's a part of our plan at the Knights. And, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to making the most of the rule changes. I reckon the rule changes will absolutely suit you down to a T. Good luck in 2021, legend. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, please go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. If you don't, I'll send the mother-in-law to your place for the weekend. And trust me, you don't want that. Yep, yep, it's that easy to win. This week's winner of the Unfiltered Truckers Cap is Battery386. Thank you for your kind words, mate. And review, get in touch, and I'll load the missus up with another cap to send out. I think we've given away about 20 this week alone. Thank you also to Panda11, The Green Cowboy, The Road Toad, DT for Life, Oxmall Tiling, Reckon Beck, Supermom, and everyone else that left a review. We don't know how, we don't know why, but that purple icon on Apple Podcasts is gold for us. We'd love you to leave a rating and review before you go as we look to spread the word about the Unfiltered Podcast. Time to go. I'm going to go and see if the bride is up for the annual one-on-one wrestling match. Wish me luck. Have an awesome week, legends. I hope your beers are cold and many, your palmies are dripping with the good stuff and all your bets are winners. And don't forget to back Pikey in the last.